Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin. You're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. As always, today I am joined by my two dream co-hosts, purveyor of style and beauty, Miss Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello. And purveyor of Disney Channel teenage drama, Sarah Huron. I'm going through a lot. We have a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about today. I mean, this is 2021 seems to be the year of splits. Today, we're gonna, we are going to be talking about a Spears sibling feline murder allegation, a huge banana split, a wax uh, gone horribly, horribly wrong, <laughs> reality star former virgins, and new celebrity power couples and housewives offering teenagers drugs. Now, before we get into all of this mess that is this week that we are loving, let's set some intentions for these celebrities. These are intentions that we want to see celebrities do more of or stop doing things of. Sarah Heron, why don't you kick us off and tell us who your intention is for today? My celebrity intention is for the 16 bachelor couples that still exist. This is across <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise, The Bachelorette, The Bachelor, um, and all U.S. franchises, and includes, you know, your Caitlin Bristow and your Jason Tardek, who didn't technically meet on a season but are still considered a bachelor couple. According to my calculations, there are 16 left. Now, I know we're going to get into it, but in addition to Claire and Dale going down, which was not a shock, not a shock, but we'll get into it, we also lost... The Bachelor Listen to Your Heart couple, Chris and Brie, this week. And that one really hit me hard. I know a lot of people didn't watch The Bachelor Listens to Your Heart, but I did. And I listened to their album, and I feel betrayed that they have broken up. So I need the 16 couples that still exist to all, I don't care how long they've been married or what status they're at right now, to call a marriage counselor and talk through any potential issues and a real one, not the ones on TV, not marriage boot camp, a real counselor and get ahead of any issues because my heart can't take it anymore. Oh my God, Sarah, that is a fantastic intention that I hope rings to the ears of all Bachelor Nation. Um, Gwen Flamberg, who is your intention for this week? Guys, my intention is for Lady Gaga, who just performed at the inauguration singing the national anthem, which by the way, is a historically very difficult song to sing. She nailed it. She is incredibly talented. She has the voice of an angel. It was incredible. But may I ask, what the F was she wearing? You guys... She had this like ginormous piece of on her chest that, you know, was it kind of like a mocking jay? Was this a nod to Catherine with the, the braided hairstyle? You know, it reminded me a little bit of Aretha Franklin's turn at Obama's first inauguration in 2009. So maybe she was going for something that everyone would be like, wow, that's over the top. But her scaparelli look was, um, I think it was a little uh, cray cray. So, Lady Gaga, keep on singing your heart out. You're amazing. But please, come on. Give us better fashion. I've seen you in Valentino. I've seen you at the Oscars. I've seen you at the Venice Film Festival in Pink Feathers. I know you can do it, girl. Well, I don't know if your intention for Lady Gaga to turn down her sense of style is going to be heard, but I'm glad you put it out there. Meat dresses are being cured as we speak. Um, my intention is for the cast of Bling Empire. Now, I don't know if you know about Bling Empire, but it's a new reality show um, on Netflix about crazy rich Asians in oh, Hollywood. I'm dying to watch it. 
It's fantastic. It is like old school. Let's flaunt our wealth with petty drama. There is, you know, a lot of drama about a dildo in a shower yeah. being thrown. There is Louis Vuitton high jewelry being worn to the, to a party drama. And I just want them to come back for season two. And it's just so lovely and escapist to see these women fighting over who gets to wear the Louis Vuitton high jewelry that they only make a couple of each day. So I just want to say, keep on keeping on. I I think you're all beautiful and it's great to see um a cast of all asian people on a show you don't usually get to see that on like mainstream english television so just keep on keeping on and we love you all right well let's start up we got a lot of splits to talk about today let's talk about just because i love the name i've nicknamed it the banana split a gigantic banana split so after two the so this is, of course, about Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas. The two have split after nearly a year of dating, and somehow it felt both longer and somehow both shorter at the same time. The two met on an erotic thriller named Deep Water, and the 48-year-old actor and the 32-year-old actress have parted amicably, or so we're told by sources. We're told by sources that location had a lot to do with it. Ben wants to stay in LA with his three children, and she wants to travel and not be tied down. We heard that she she might want to have more kids, just a lot of big life issues. But then the ultimate in pettiness started. And I don't know if everyone saw this, but on Monday, a photographer caught two of the actor director's gardeners who uh, we sort of thought they might be his brother, Casey Affleck, wrangle a life-size cutout of Ana de Armas um, into garbage bins. Uh, the doppelganger of the actress was apparently part of a prank Ben Affleck's children played on their dad in June. And we're also told that she ended the split. And then we see a huge cardboard cutout of her get dumped into the trash. Sarah Huron, tell me about this level of pettiness and how it makes you feel. I mean, I've been thinking about this cutout, uh, cutout of Ana de Armas since June when the three Affleck kids and the actress were all spotted playing with it outside of Ben yeah. Affleck's house. And then the kids... I don't know where we all got this narrative, but the report is always that the kids left the cutout in front of their dad's house the next day after they were playing with it, like to prank him. That's kind of yeah, what they did. We saw it. We saw a picture of it like in a photo. So when he walked up to the house, it was like her through the window. Apparently very funny. Yeah, very funny. So I love this cardboard cutout and I'm dead that it came back. Um, I'm kind of sad they broke up. I'm not going to lie. When I made my predictions for 2021, which have all not come true anywhere, they've all really fallen apart very quickly. Um, one of them was that I thought Ana Darmus was going to have Ben Affleck's baby. Now, mm. there's still plenty of time for their reconciliation. We know Ben is one of those on again, off again. How many times did him and Lindsay shook his date? I do not even know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of sad. It makes sense because she's younger than him and he's, you know, older and has a lot going on as three kids already. But I, I really thought that they were going to at least pop out one kid. I don't know why. Uh, Gwen, what did you think of this relationship ending and all the drama that ensued? Well, here's the thing, Trav. You know, most Hollywood couples, it's hot and heavy really fast. With this particular situation, because of the pandemic, they were thrown into it maybe becoming a little more serious even faster than it would have. And who really knows what goes on behind closed doors? However, I really would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when Ben Affleck decided to trash that giant cardboard cutout. And you know where else I'd like to be a fly on the wall, you guys? Sure. At Jen Garner's house. I'd love to hear what she thinks about all of this. Yes, I would too. And I'm sad that we're not in the office right now because I definitely would have commissioned the life-size cutout of Ana de Armas and used it as decoration in my own trash can. <laughs> I think that would be a lovely thing to see. 
Well, before we go into more splits of this week, let's talk about Jamie Lynn Spears. Did her cat die because Elon Musk killed it? Maybe. So the 29-year-old sister of Britney Spears said in a now-deleted Instagram video that her cats were run over by a Tesla because the felines could not hear the car coming. She said, we have now lost, I don't want to tell you how many cats, which also just really let's flag that right there and come back to it because they don't hear the Tesla crank. And unfortunately these things happen, happen. It's really devastating for everyone involved. Uh, Jamie Lynn called the Tesla a secret cat killer and explained how the car should be equipped with noises that bother cat or animal ears when it cranks up. So that way they know something's happening and aren't caught off guard and things don't end in a tragic way. Jamie Lynn finished by saying, Elon Musk, let's figure this out. You owe me a cup of cats um but then she said he's not to be blamed but i mean gwen flamberg do you think tesla should have a warning do you think a cat should be kept away i mean there's some real issues here i think that if you are a pet owner it is your responsibility to keep your pets out of the dang driveway that's it <laughs> I mean, uh, there is an expression of herding a bunch of cats. And I really wish Jamie Lynn had told us how many cats were there. Was this 10 cats that killed? Was this two cats? We we may never know. Sarah Huron? I just think maybe Jamie Lynn Spears should start investing in indoor cats instead of outdoor cats. Because I, too, would like to know how many cats were injured in the making of this video. <laughs> I would also like to know this. And I just, the headlines of did Elon Musk kill Jamie Lynn Spears cats? Really? I mean, I love, you know, cats and all animals, so I don't want them to die, but still hysterical. Okay, let's move on to something that absolutely never happens. A bachelor couple moved too quickly and now is breaking up. And it's clear to everyone that the post-finale engagement has gone to Dale in a handbag. Sarah Huron, tell us what has happened with this couple. You guys, you guys. Okay, so first let me just let the record state. It was a five-month engagement, not two months. People are always quick to jump on the length. And they got engaged in August, and we saw it air in November. So let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> you have engagements that have lasted a month or less in the Bachelor franchise. Five weeks for Hannah and Jen one month for Peter and Hannah Ann, you know, so five months while it's, while it's short and it is not forever by any means, it is not the shortest in history, but yes, there was all the speculation about Claire and Dale and them being on the rocks because as a very lovey dovey couple, people noticed they were going silent on Instagram. Um, Dale's cousin allegedly posted something about unfollowing Claire in life yeah. and on Instagram after some beach vacation, so much speculation. And we had heard that there was definitely issues they were trying to work through, but the timeline was very confusing. So then Dale went for it and he posted on Instagram that they have gone their separate ways. He used we and the statement making it seem like it was kind of coming from both Claire and Dale. And now, two days later, Claire has come out and has denied that she was involved in this mutual statement, kind of insinuating that Dale went rogue and posted without her. We don't know if she's just mad that he Instagrammed or if she thought that they were just on a break and he thought they were broken up. There's some <laughs> confusion there. So it seems, it seems to me that that's what happened, Sarah. It seems to me that she sort of thought they were on a break and Dale was like, nah, this break is actually for good. I was doing this to spare your feelings, but please don't ever come back here. That's what I think too. And we know that they told everyone like on Good Morning America and stuff that they were planning to live in Sacramento, but instead Dale has spent a lot of time in New York City following their, you know, being together. Also, Claire's mom has Alzheimer's and is sick. There's just like a lot going on here. Dale has been accused of cheating. Sources close to him deny it. It's 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 pretty much as messy as it can get right now. We're just waiting for like a Colton Underwood restraining order to really 
Gwen, who, Gwen, whose side are you on in this bachelorette breakup? Hard to take sides, Trav. Hard mm. to take sides. I'm still trying to get all the information, and it's really hard for me to get it all with these slippery bachelor people. I don't know. Claire has just always sort of rubbed me the wrong way. She has that sort of like ready to snap fake smile eye twinge thing going on that whenever she smiles, I don't think she means it. And I feel like she's ready to yell at somebody. And Dale's just really seems really sweet. But again, we're here for the drama. Let's move on to some happier news. Uh, No one has split in this story, but there is a new Bex on the decks. Glenn, tell us about Romeo Beckham and how great he looks. I mean, so adorable. Romeo did his first cover, you guys, for Luomo Vogue. It was shot by Matt and Marcus. And he is kind of like a dead ringer for his famous parents. I mean, he kind of like, his face looks like Victoria Beckham Mm -hmm. (laughs) as Osh. Like, totally looks like a young Victoria Beckham. And his bleach blonde hair looks exactly like dad david beckham's bleached hair that he had in the early aughts when he was you know like bends it like beckham the soccer star so romeo is like the next it guy in the family he's so cute and i don't know why i get so excited whenever a celebrity child comes out looking like a great version of both of their parents but i don't know if it's nostalgia in their face or something but (laughs) goddamn, i love to see it it's really really cute he's really cute I'm really here on, are you here for more celebrity child models? Did you see these photos? Or is he now all over your wall and posters? I didn't see these photos. I was too distracted by those photos of um, TikToker Noah Beck in his underwear that was taken down by Instagram. But <laughs> yeah, I love the Beckham kids. I think they are like so glamorous and cool. And I think it's wild that the oldest one is getting married at like 22. And I can't wait to see how that plays out. Um, and like Harper lives the dream. So good for Romeo for finding his his little path too. Yeah, and seriously, check out that picture because that face, it's a moneymaker. Well, guys, I have a new favorite celebrity couple, absolutely. This is Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. Of course, Lori Harvey is the daughter of famous Say the Wrong Name during a beauty pageant host, Steve Harvey. And I don't, I'm gonna give you a little history because Lori Harvey is like such an icon. So she started dating um, P. Diddy's son, Justin Combs. And then while she was on vacation, dumped him and started dating P. Diddy. They had a 27-year age gap, but she like jumped to the father. She dated Trey Songs, Lewis Hamilton, and the rapper Future. So really a lot of eligible bachelors, and I'm just so here for her. But the new photos that came out of uh, Lori and her current boo, Michael B. Jordan, um, on their vacation in St. Bars really solidified it for me. They were doing all the normal celebrity couple stuff, soaking up sun on a yacht, riding jet skis, paddle boarding while drinking champagne and of course packing on pda and cuddling on a paddle board these photos just made me so happy in a sea of 2021 splits that these two lovely kids have become a power couple and of course he's been like a notorious bachelor for so long gwen flamberg what did you think when you saw these amazing saint bars picks I mean, other than just being like a little tiny bit sad because Michael B. Jordan is so hot and amazing and he's never really been linked to anyone. And so he's been like that bachelor in Hollywood that you were like, oh, he's going to stay single until he meets me, you know? But this Lori Harvey, she's got something that everybody loves. She's super iconic. I love them together as a couple. I mean, I especially love a paddleboarding pick. 
you know? Yeah, I Maybe do too. I'm into them as a couple. I really am. It's just kind of amazing that she has managed to lock down Hollywood's hottest bachelor. I mean, seriously, she is my new icon and I love it. Well, Gwen, there was an explosion that was a little too hot to handle. <laughs> um, I don't even know what else to say about this. It is a wax gone wrong. Tell us what happened with Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. Wax gone wrong. I love when you talk about waxes that go wrong, which remember last week when we were talking about Kira Sedgwick and yes. husband waxing her, which um, this is not like that. This is an actual candle, a very notorious candle, Gwyneth Paltrow's This Smells Like My Vagina, goop candle, which exploded in a UK woman's living room. Mm. She said, I've never seen anything like it. So basically, this woman told the Sun newspaper in England, the candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying <sighs> everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze and it was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room. Now, she had won the candle, so she didn't even like choose to buy it. And there it was ex- exploding in her living room. <laughs> Eventually, she was able to get it under control when she threw the candle that was ablaze out the front door of her home. <laughs> but she said it could have burned the whole place down. It was scary at the time, but funny looking back at that, Gwyneth's vagina candle exploded in my living room. Let's Ew. hope other people have better luck with the smell of Gwyneth Baldrow's vagina. Oh my God, a, par- a burst into flames. Um, it's Is this the best news story we've gotten all year that Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle has exploded into flames? <laughs> Sarah Huron, are you putting away all of your Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candles? I know you have six around your room to create the perfect mood. Yeah, how'd you know? Um, no, Sarah has the smell of my orgasm. <laughs> she yeah, has the smell of my orgasm. <laughs> Sounds like I need to go candle shopping, um, but also just be very cautious about which candles I buy. That's what I'm taking away from this story. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, Sarah, there is a new chapter in Colton Underwood's book. You know, the not that innocent restraining order having tall drink of water has written a new chapter in his not life, just in his book. He's still the same old Colton. Tell us about what he said. Oh, man. Well, yes, Colton wrote a new chapter of his book the first time. It was completed in July, and obviously a lot happened after that, including the restraining order, which has been dropped, and a lot of back and forth on Instagram. So that is not included in this new paperback edition of his book, but we did have an exclusive excerpt of it on the site this week. And it was a lot about how the quarantine when he had coronavirus and was quarantined at their family home affected their relationship. And I'd just like to read a few lines that were quite interesting. Um, As they were talking about, you know, it was very death by a thousand cuts, Taylor Swift, as they were not seeing eye to eye. And Colton said, and I quote, her eyes were full of tears as she tried to explain, struggling to find the right words and reasons that made sense. None did, at least not to me. Finally, I put my finger on my lips for silence. I'm picturing like a pretty little liar's moment. She stopped mid-sentence and lowered her eyes. Both of us had always agreed to avoid finishing hard conversations like this one. We didn't want to come to the conclusion that we weren't good for each other. We were scared of confronting the truth. So we didn't. Quote, 
hey, let's go back to just you and me, I say, trying to stay calm. We haven't had any alone time. I haven't, I've been sleeping on a third story like a squatter. We haven't been intimate. We haven't even held hands. Let's try to make time for us. Ooh. And we know about it. They, they can make time for them. They break up. Did this make you feel any different about Colton's, you know, standing as a potential dating bachelor? Um, no. I, you know, those court documents were quite alarming. I don't love, you know, the idea of someone putting a tracking device under my car. And I don't think we should forget. Um, I do think there was probably a lot more to their relationship that we didn't know since the stuff we have learned has been so wild. Um, and I think it was kind of silly to even put out this chapter since there's so much missing from it. But it was obviously pre-planned. We know that Cassie has read the chapter before everything really hit the fan. So it's probably a good thing mm. to just close and both of them never speak each other's name again, which isn't fun for us, but definitely the healthiest decision. To quote Dale Moss, this is the healthiest decision for us. <laughs> yes, that is very apt here. Well, while 2020 was full of lots of ups and downs, one person really did her best to save the whole year, and that's Miss Dolly Parton. I just want to run you guys through a list of how Dolly Parton saved 2020. Let's start with her donating a million dollars to get the vaccine to... Um, Moderna. Yeah, to get the Moderna vaccine. She donated a million dollars to Vanderbilt University's Medical School in Nashville and, you know, was one of the main givers of the capital that we have, this Moderna vaccine. She came out in support of Black Lives Matter for the first time, talking about something political in her, you know, 60-year career. And she's also also teased a return to be a Playboy centerfield for months on a condition that the shoot is in good taste. <laughs> and, you know, she has also brought us uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade and my favorite Netflix musical Christmas on the Square and another 2020 holiday album, A Holly Dolly Christmas. So I just want to take a moment to thank Dolly Parton too for being like a happy voice in 2020 and really trying to turn it all around for all of us. And let's wish Dolly a happy 75th birthday. Yes. Magazine.com slash stylish and see every single one of her most iconic red carpet looks through the years in celebration. Nobody does it like Dolly. True that. And I'm going to have a, a little this day in history moment to make us all really feel old, even Sarah, because a uh, high school musical came out 15 years ago today, guys. We're 15- still all in this together. Wow. We are forever. We are still all in this together. It is the start of something old. Oh, and can I just say that we uncovered some lovely photos from the premiere on Us Weekly's Instagram, including one of Ashley Dizdale and Lisa Renna chatting. And I put it on my Instagram story and Lisa Renna sent me laughing emojis. So Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is incredible. And High School Musical's drama still lives on today. As Sarah talked about last week, uh, the song Driver's License without the correct apostrophe in it is like the number one song in the country right now. Cardi B is tweeting about it. It is everywhere. Did I um, think wrong, Travis, or is it not one of the greatest songs of, of our time right now? Okay, so the song is insanely sad, um, but it is a fantastic ballad. I really, really like it. Um, I just found out from Sarah before the show, I noticed that this song sounds a lot like the cast songs, and apparently she was a writer on the show, and she's just super sal- like talented 17-year-old who luckily now has her driver's license. And, and she's going places with it, let me tell you. And Great I mean... Job. 
it's such a stickler, but is the uh, is the non-possessive apostrophe missing for an artistic reason? It, it you know, she went all lowercase too, like her idol Taylor Swift did with folklore, folklore and Evermore. I think okay. she's you know trying to trying to be a little Swifty, and it's it's working. She's really okay. bringing emotions in the youth, hot girl shit forever, as she once said. Okay, good, good, good. Well, let's talk about some ladies who are, uh, my God, we have not talked about the Housewives of Orange County um, this whole season because it's a little bit boring. But now that the reunion premiered and we have heard a little bit, I'm just going to walk you through a little bit about what these ladies are dramatically fighting about. So it starts with flashes of Shannon Bedore breaking a director's chair. A lot of the ladies uh, just completely yelling and fighting with each other backstage and in front of the camera. It has Bronwyn saying, are you ready to go to battle? And then Kelly Dodd screaming the words, I'm black. Um, context, she's not. And they also have Kelly Dodd's COVID nevile, where she said that it was great to thin the herd through this pandemic. And uh, Shannon and Gina are giving death stares because Shannon called Gina's house sad. There are a lot of cheating allegations with the new housewife Elizabeth Vargas on behalf of Bronwyn. And then the cherry on the top of this reunion cake was that Shannon brought up that there was a group text that had her daughter Stella, who was 14 at the time, and Bronwyn told her to text her if she wants, quote, the good stuff, which we are hard to assume means drugs. And Bronwyn is left aghast um, when someone talks about, you know, her husband moving on and her alcoholism being a plot point and that she's addicted to fame. I mean, I can't even believe I just said all those things. This is enough for a whole season. Why did it take so long? Sarah, just say anything. I mean, I agree. My instinct was what a boring, lackluster season and a wild reunion. They were obviously all sitting on a lot of information about each other that they didn't want out there for different reasons. And now they're unleashing it. Um, some of that aired on part one. Some of that, I think, is a little teasery for part two. Um, but the the Stella Bedore allegations are very interesting. You know, Shannon was like, I didn't know if I was going to talk about this. But after Bronwyn ac- accused Shannon and her boyfriend, John, of having drinking problems, because, <laughs> you know, once you decide you're an alcoholic, you, you can tell other people they are. It's a big housewives thing. Um, Luann did that, too. Um, then Shannon was like, I have to look, get this off my chest. Cause you're saying stuff about me two years ago. You came up to my daughter at a barbecue and said, text me if you want the good stuff. When she was 14, the women are shocked. Bronwyn, um, it, it ended before Bronwyn could respond, but she's clapping back on Instagram saying she was drinking at the time. She doesn't know if that happened. She heard something else from someone she trusts. A lot of people are saying that quote, someone she trusts is going to be Tamara. Cause we know Tamara gets called during the reunion. Mm-hmm. So it's very messy. And when 14 year old, now she's 16, but daughters are involved it's like oh boy the housewives when they start bringing in their kids it's like this is going to be messy and this is when they have trouble moving on yeah absolutely where they have this it's just a beautiful mess and i didn't watch any of this season but damn if i'm going to watch these reunions you're damn right i am this is a hot mess Well, let's move on to some sophistication. Gwen Flamberg, take us through some of the inauguration fashion. Tell us your hits, your misses, all of the glamour. It was a fun show. You know, I got to tell you, I don't think that there were any misses except, of course, for the here she mentioned Lady Gaga Scaparelli rather giant (laughs) outfit that looked like it could have been on The Hunger Games. Um, No, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. Kamala Harris, the first female vice president. She was wearing an incredible suit by Christopher John Rogers, who is a notable black designer who dresses a lot of celebrities. 
you know, purple, the marriage of red and blue standing for unity and also a nod to the suffragettes. She looked incredible. In the evening, she changed into a tuxedo by Sergio Hudson, mm-hmm. also a notable young black designer. Guys, did you see Michelle Obama during the her, day? Oh my God, her, her hair was the best hair at the inauguration. It was so gorgeous. I could not get over those curls where she took the sort of like overly curled prom look and made it the most elegant, beautiful thing I've ever seen. I will never get over it. It was it's fantastic. Every color was iconic. Her plum power suit also by Sergio Hudson. Yeah, you know, I love Sergio. I said to one of my girlfriends as we were watching the inauguration, when Michelle showed up, it was like when Charlize shows up at the Oscars red carpet and it's like everybody else can just go home. She looked incredible. But everybody looked really, really amazing. Of course, Dr. Jill Biden, our newly minted first lady, was wearing a suit by Markarian, designed by Alexandra O'Neill. Also, a celebrity favorite, Kerry Washington, Kate Hudson, Lucy Hale, Constance Wu, Lizzo have all worn more Korean, so that's very exciting. And of course, you guys can read all about those looks as well as all of the celebrity looks at the inauguration at usmagazine.com slash stylish. I don't know about you guys, but I'm obsessed with those Biden granddaughters, every single one of them. I'm obsessed yeah. with the Biden family in general, like, because it's messy, but also like... Yeah. Sad and they have like amazing style. Like you were like, it's just like a, it's, it's definitely a journey to go down. With the and kids, it's so. very real, you know, yeah. I, I want to yeah. say yeah. that for the first time in a while, a political family is truly just like us. Yeah. I love that they have a rescue dog. I love that they have a couple of messy children. We need that in our lives for a little spice up. They have Trump. I mean, it was just beautiful. And what did you think of JLo just looking like money personified? Well, of course she looked like money personified because she was wearing head to toe Chanel, including her earrings and her bracelets. That white fantasy tweed suit was a fantasy of mine, for sure. I thought that her makeup looked amazing. That long lash hair by Chris Appleton, of course, our Uh, friend. Yeah. She just, you know. Chris Appleton, her hairstylist, who also does Ariana Grande and a whole bunch of other people, and her makeup artist, Scott Barnes. I just, I'm such fans of them. And they really. Inauguration. Oh, he didn't? Who did it? He couldn't make it. Um, It was another guy who I'm now following on Instagram. Oh, well, he totally did the Scott Barnes makeup. (laughs) I mean, she had her contour, right? Like she had her like real, real strong contour. But I love that eye. I felt like that um, smoky black eye was like different than, than, you know, I've seen seen her before. Yeah, it was a little heavier. The most incredible makeup, including the most beautiful highlight was Amanda Gorman, the poet Mm -hmm. laureate who gave the reading at the end, her um, written poem for the inauguration to close things out. She was wearing head to toe Prada. Oh, yes. Yellow, the red headband. It just totally popped. It was like hopeful, personified in fashion. I loved it. Lovely. Well, these people, you know, got into the big house and then Massimo wants to get out. (laughs) We have heard Massimo, of course, from Lori Laughlin's husband, who is still in jail outside of LA, that he was in solitary confinement. He was in a quarantine type of situation in a medium security prison. Uh, Some of his family members and people were speaking out that he's really unhappy being in solitary 
sorry. He only gets to see the sunlight an hour a day, but he's finally been let out to the general population in, you know, low security prison. So we're happy for his development. Good job, Massimo. I'm glad you get to see friends and hopefully make a gang like Lori did. He's also trying to like be a release to um, spend the rest of his sentence at home, which like, dude, it's never going to happen. Like it got him out of solitary confinement, but he's not, this is like, this is no, they're trying to make an example out of you from the beginning of this as they should. So you're not going home Massimo, but maybe (laughs) if you're lucky, they will give you access to Olivia Jade's first vlog back on YouTube. That is coming (laughs) to you live today on Thursday, you guys. Any minute now, (laughs) new vlog will be up and Sarah Heron's life will be changed forever. I hope they do a big screening of that in jail. I'm sure that would go really well. I hope it's a delayed Christmas luxury haul. She was really known for those. I remember from yours. Do you guys know what it's time for? Ooh, are we going to fight? Yes, fight, it's time for fight, Celebrity fight. Birthday Boxing Mania. <laughs> All right, today in the ring we have four ladies competing for the title of, I don't know, Best Celebrity Birthday Boxer. Uh, we're going to start with Miss Gwen Flamberg. We have actress Misha Barton, who is 35 mm-hmm. this week. I sort of mm-hmm. thought she was older. And Jennifer Lewis, who is 64. Jennifer Lewis. Yes. The preacher's Not wife. Like, pardon? The preacher's wife, Broadway legend, Jennifer Lewis. No. Oh. <laughs> was she in the original Dream Girls? Yeah, she was also original Dream Girl. Yeah. Well, obviously, her pipes alone, she was just. <laughs> Fellow Misha Barton, who's been known to um, get a little messy sometimes, she would just bellow her right out of the ring. So let's give it to Jennifer Lewis. You're damn right, Jennifer Lewis would take out Misha Barton. Uh, Sarah, here on next bout is to you. Alicia Keys is 41 this week versus Ellen DeGeneres, who is 63 this week. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ellen, what about? Ellen has been through it. And I don't think she has enough in her to beat Alicia Keys, who's beloved for a reason. So Alicia <laughs> Keys will win. Also, justice for Misha Barton, who um, was iconic in the OC and has been through a lot. Would definitely beat whoever the other person was, but whatever. She's been in so little other than the OC. I just um, it, so like Marissa Cooper is like fresh in my mind. Okay. She would get tips from Ryan Atwood. <laughs> And, well, we'll see if, well, that freshness did not help her in this ring today. Gwen Flamberg, we have Jennifer Lewis, 64, versus Alicia Keys, 41. I mean, really, Trav, I just don't think that anybody could beat Alicia Keys doing anything at all. So I'm going to say that Alicia Keys is a lover, not a fighter, and she's not going to want to throw a punch, but it'll be like a tiny tap. And Jennifer Lewis, I'm sorry, but you're going down. Well, that is all the time we have today. Thank you to my co-host for helping fit in all of this news today. We really got through a lot. I hope you guys learned a little something. It enraged you. It delighted you. It did all of it. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because we will be back next week with more drama. If there's another Bachelor split next week, you might need to find a replacement co-host because I will be in um, treatment (laughs) for anxiety and depression. Okay. Well, I think you should book your stay now because it is inevitable that there will be another Bachelor Bachelorette split because the way that show puts people together does not seem to be working. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. If they don't know enough about celebrity gossip, be like, crack a book or listen to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast. We sum it all up for you here. And of course, thank you guys for listening and we will be back next week and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.